0: We sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, the wine. Drink the drink
1: that I have made. Hey, brother, the wine. Good the wine evening. Happy Sunday. Oh, and welcome to Drink in the style, style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. In addition this week to the American Society of Interior Designers, I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation. Dan, what do you think? Should I keep saying "kill your Sunday early evening"? We're podcast as well. People could be listening to this at any time.
2: I mean, what else would you do on a Sunday? And that's kind of what we're targeting towards. Podcast, they get it.
1: Yeah, they can see us. I'm liking it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You can if you happen to uh, in have uh, one PMs on Tuesday free. You can come on to Facebook, the AM nine fifty site. Uh, or page, I guess, and watched the recording of Drink in the Style, including the generally edited segments and between segment uh, banter, which is a delight, isn't it, Brad? Oh, yeah, the between segments are the entertainment right there, but uh, yeah, we do do some editing on the actual show itself, (laughs) since a few of us have been known to use colorful language. (laughs) Heck yeah, we do. Heck yeah, we do. <laughs> anyway, my guest this uh, this evening is Tanya Otten with Select Surfaces, a store location in Roseville, Minnesota, and a new showroom opening in Plymouth this very week. Tanya, I'm sure you are damn busy getting everything ready to uh, be open, so I appreciate your taking the time to be on Drink in the Style. Welcome.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Of Thrilled to have you, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, everything from uh, countertop surfaces and uh, and what have you to the new store location, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear how the build-out has gone. Awesome. Uh, Dan Newkirk, our Master of Spirits from Mercy Restaurant, Mill Valley Kitchen, Benedict, both here and in Iowa, is with us again. Dan, how are you? Doing great. Glad to hear it. I really am. And you've come up with a great cocktail for us today, which fortuitously is reflective of Miss Otten's cultural heritage. Tell us what we're drinking.
2: So we're going to be drinking a uh a, uh, it's a national drink of Brazil. And it just so happens that today's guest, her father, is from Brazil, and we did not know that. Random. The stars aligned.
1: Mm-hmm. The stars did align under an umbrella of alcohol, which is fantastic. So a caparinha. what is in uh, caipirinha? C- yep. C- Capriña. Capriña. Caipirinha. Caipirinha. So it's
2: going to be uh, Leblon, which is a cachaça uh, made right outside of Rio de Janeiro. Uh, it's distillate from the sugar cane juices.
1: Okay. Take a step back. First, Brett, you got to hit us with a little drinking music over here. But uh, now that differs from rum in what way?
2: Because rum is just made uh, directly from the sugar cane. Okay. So it's, uh, it's just a different process. Um, some might call it a little bit cleaner. Um, Either way, like the hangover from both are pretty intense when you start dealing with sugar and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lime juice, uh, simple syrup, and orange bitters for a little bit of brightness for a hot summer day. Okay. And anybody that's watching on our stream right now knows that I'm totally cheating because I forgot a (laughs) shaker today. So I'm stirring to make the effect of the noise with a knife in the glass right now.
1: At least we're not doing like CGI. We're no. going to put in a little CGI shaker.
2: On <laughs> that's the. that's the next budget, that's the next budget.
1: So what are the ratios? So
2: the ratio is going to be two ounces of cachaça. Uh, if you really want to go heavy on the traditional, about uh, an ounce of sugar. Um, I cut it down to three quarters because I know Mr. Rich does not like too sweet. Uh, three quarter lime juice and then one eyedropper of bitters shake the crap out of it uh
1: serve with the beat up ice and then it cooks it liquefies it emulsifies it magnifies that's all i got for fives
2: it's it's very lime heavy i also juice and squeeze a half of lime into it for that fresh fresh effect it, it tastes like summertime in a glass
1: fantastic all right we've got it mixed up you would normally be shaking this for a good 15 30 seconds
2: uh, in the bartending world you got a hard shake so it is you want to bruise the ice
1: Bruise the ice. All right. So there it is. And as it happens, our Brazilian uh, guest, our part Brazilian guest, is going to be enjoying the cocktail from her father's native land. So salute to all. Brett, you got yours in there as well? Virtually, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's delicious. Mm. All that lime. Well done. Wow. Mm -mm -mm. I'm puckering. I'm puckering. (laughs) That's mm. not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> Incidentally, the cachaça we were talking before the show also about the uh, about the brands and the labels on this. The default, the definitive cachaça.
0: The favorite for my cousins in Brazil is 150.
1: 150.
0: That's what I'm usually on the hunt for.
2: 100% correct. You can't buy it in the States. Really? No. I mean, you can import it and there's importers that are doing it now, but you can't go to your local liquor store and just be like, that's the one. Doesn't exist.
1: Interesting, and this one, which is Leblon,
2: Leblon, it's Leblon. a it's, it's a really affluent uh, city outside of Rio de Janeiro. Uh, somebody just had a lot of money and said, "I want to start making cachaca." Nice. So, I mean, it's not much of a hero's tale, but
1: yeah, you know, they you did have it. the ability. You want cachaca? You start a cachaca company. What else can you do with the cachaca?
2: You know, it's uh, put in a number of different drinks. Um, I really like pairing it with like a pot still rum because uh, you can get you can get really vegetal flavors, unripe un- unripe plantains, earth, vegetal. Uh, I mean, sugar, sugar, lime, you can pretty much do a world of, of hurt. Uh, bitters is your, is your option. It's your, your wild card.
0: Mm-hmm. All
1: right. Well, I mean, it's, uh, again, it's, it's so funny. Even I have a tough time sometimes with some of the more less well-known, I guess, liquors and how you mix it together and what you put it in. Cause as you know, I have a tendency just to pick a spirit, add water and ice and my night begins. If,
2: if you were in Brazil and you tried drinking this uh, any other way, but on the rocks straight or
1: in a Caprina, they're probably going to be a little bit offended. Really? So, all right. So, encouraged on the rocks, maybe with a little bit of water, not necessary. What? All right. Cachaca. It is what to drink in Brazil and hopefully in Minnesota for a little bit.
2: It's been a thing for a while.
1: Awesome. All right. We're going to take a break in a little bit. But before we do, and before we get too into it, you know, and listeners are aware that, you know, I have many a horror story associated with opening new stores and having properties and don't ever – do anything in St. Louis Park, but you're not in St. Louis Park. You're in Plymouth. Correct. You've started the new showroom. First, how large is the showroom?
0: It's about 4,000 square feet.
1: Okay. A good size. As you were doing the build-out, you have a background in construction. Your family is well-versed in it. What was the biggest surprise or hiccup that you came across?
0: The biggest weird thing was how long it takes to get a permit to hang the sign (laughs) on the front of the building. Oh, like weeks. Oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. Was it uh, Was it a lot of flack? Was it just an approval process? Just Were you the, getting any variances? No,
0: nothing special, nothing out of the ordinary. Just it takes that long. Kept being the answer we got. Just Is, takes that long.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Maybe in Plymouth and St. Louis Park are in cahoots. They might be. No one can touch St. Louis Park <laughs> when it comes to nightmares. Really, I've. Got to say that. Where, by the way, in Plymouth is the uh, is the showroom?
0: We're near the intersection of 394 and 494. Okay, Carlson the- Parkway.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Kind of where uh, Cartier Lighting used to be. That area.
0: Right in that same neighborhood. A lot of people call it Tile Row. We're we're joining the ranks of Tile Row.
1: It is because there's yeah. the tile shop over there. There's Caitlo. Kate Lowe.
0: Caitlo's Kate right there. Robinson Lighting used to be Cartier is right there. Okay. There's a lot of showrooms up and down that strip.
1: So it's kind of becoming a, a, a hub.
0: It is. Yeah, well,
1: oh, that's good to know. Yeah, and the sign is this. Is this is a freestanding sign, by the way, or is this attached to the, the
0: building? The sign is hopefully going to be attached to the building tomorrow, just <laughs> in time for opening day. Fingers crossed. Cross your fingers. Right. Yeah.
1: How large is, is it? Is it?
0: I it's about ten feet. I mean, it's the the staple sign on the exterior of the store. Okay. So no big deal. Just yeah. the joy of working with <laughs>
1: right. with municipalities right. sometimes. Not
0: even the pretty stuff. <laughs> This has to
1: be there, <laughs> Folks, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Tanya Otten of Select Surfaces. Stick with us. you still growing, you still going strong, I feel the room. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design. I have a philosophy. Furniture should be beautiful, but if it's not comfortable, it's not much use to anyone. That's why at Habitation, we work hard to make sure that the furniture we sell is stylish and functional. Unique and useful. What more can you ask for? Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style, every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is, Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom.
2: Oh, the good life, full of fun, seems to be
1: ideal Welcome back Drink in the Style, a one-hour conversation about art, architecture, design, and pretty much anything else aesthetic. And this is an American Society of Interior Designers episode, a chance for us to explore the ASID vision statement, Design Impacts Lives. Our ASID guest is Tanya Otten from Select Surfaces of Roseville and soon Plymouth, Minnesota. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. Thank you for joining us. Tanya we were just talking off uh, off mic a little bit about the challenges associated with opening a new space. But uh, why don't you tell us uh, and introduce our listeners to Select Surfaces?
0: Sure. So in a, a very simple statement, we're a custom countertop company. Mm-hmm. Um, but we really, really, when we talk about ourselves, um, we like to say we're a customer service company. That's kind of what drives us is is putting together the best package for a client that they'll love for years to come. So a lot of that is internally the things that we do, not just the material that we provide.
1: Excellent. Yeah, no, it's a great perspective. You're yeah. right. It's not about the product. It's about the services, especially in this day and age.
0: Yeah, and the feeling you leave somebody with, mm-hmm. not just, you know, exchanging some, some money for some goods, but leaving them with a really good feeling. They feel good about the purchase. They're going to love it for a long, long time.
1: And the amount of expertise that you guys have, which we'll talk about in a couple of right. minutes as well, is invaluable. Now, you are also a family-owned business.
0: We are. Yep. My brother Jeremy founded the company 25 years ago this year, which is kind of cool and wow. makes us sound a lot older than we are, <laughs> um, and slowly recruited two other brothers and myself to join the company. Um, and here we are today.
1: And Otten Surfaces uh, right. is is basically the, the functional DBA.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, and your whole family also is is coming from a design and a construction background as well. So you guys really understand the whole development uh, of, of a project life cycle, correct?
0: I like to think so. We grew up playing in my grandfather's cabinet shop. Um, a lot of the the school projects that we did, we were borrowing lumber tools from grandpa and um, kind of just gave us a love for the... The smell of construction and And um, just kind of seeing something come together and starting from nothing, scraps of wood, and and then churning out something kind of cool.
1: And uh, and the Atten family – Four siblings and a total of thirty-two fingers between each of you, oh. as a result of playing oh. in the work. Yeah, I mean, there's a
0: lot more than four. I don't want to scare you, but there's really? <laughs> there's more to be had. The
1: large Brazilian-style family.
0: Yeah, I I actually have eleven brothers and a sister, oh, and Jesus. we all are we're Disney? all cemented in the industry.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's a
0: shocker.
2: It well, really is. Okay. So, so growing lot. up, everybody right? picked on you, like you know, I got eleven brothers, right?
0: Like, uh, oh no! I never told anyone. It was hard. It was hard to date in high school. Are that's what I was. Saying. Saying, like, it
2: was no. <laughs> weird. Well, Eleven brothers. Like I'm no. never talking to her.
0: Yeah. No. Are you
1: guys all in the Minneapolis area?
0: We're not. Okay. Um, the four of us still are. My sister is um, another one. Other brother, and then we're kind of separated through Chicago and Denver, where both segments have um, family-owned, owned um, businesses in both cities as well.
1: Excellent. Oh, that's 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 really really awesome. I mean, that many siblings—that is—that is a clan and a half.
0: We're a rowdy bunch.
1: <laughs> I bet you are. And loving the woodworking and running through that. We mentioned, by the way, the, as far as surfaces and woodworking goes, the butcher's block thing is completely gone, right?
0: It's it's definitely not something we get asked for regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of maintenance. It's kind of a dated look. Um, there's some really cool modern. Um, installations I've seen of wood that are, are really interesting. But as really? far as your everyday butcher block, uh, we just don't we don't see a lot of demand for it.
1: What, tell me more about the wood surfaces because, I mean, it's, wood is a wonderful surface. It looks great. It, it feels great, but it's so hard to use for countertops and it such. It
0: is. Um, some of the cool things I've seen is, in this would definitely be in an upper echelon style category, is using a wenge or a walnut um, in slab form, not in the butcher block mm-hmm. um, that we kind of all think of, you know, the chopped Mm-hmm. Where you chop your food, um, and this is more for presentation and for style. It's not practical in, in very many on, way.
1: The first time the kid takes the knife and and puts oh, it down yeah. on the uh, yeah. on the expensive wood surface. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really soft
0: and warm, though. So there, I I could see the appeal of it, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a certain crowd.
1: In the right place, right, right function, correct. It might work. So what are the trends right now? Is granite still the gold standard or has granite kind of gone to the side as well?
0: Yeah, you know, even just going back in our history, maybe 15 years ago, we did a plethora of materials. We did wood, we did the acrylics, the corian, we did the recycled glass, recycled paper, granite, marble, soapstone. Quartz was just kind of becoming more popular Mm -hmm. Um, and we had a big shift where we decided to guarantee everything that we install for life thinking we already did that so this should be easy and like a cool thing we can tell people Mm -hmm. not so much Um, (laughs) we very quickly realized that materials like granite um, can be great, but have some drawbacks. And usually the phone calls we're getting two, three, four years after an installation mm-hmm. is on our natural stone materials. So we over the years have kind of slowly gone, okay, this pro- this material, even though it's cool and has a good story, we have to kind of just set it aside Um because we know our homeowners aren't going to love it in three or four years. We want them to love it forever, not just right when it's installed and it's like, oh, it's so pretty. Like, yay, my countertops are done. Mm-hmm. We want it. we want them to be happy with it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So the granites, um, yes and no. I mean, we're, we're definitely doing more quartz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a lifestyle shift, too. People are so busy. They're not necessarily wanting the maintenance of a natural stone mm-hmm. or of a soapstone or of a even – paper stone or some of the recycled paper products. They they just don't want to mess with that anymore. They want to be home. They want to relax. They want to enjoy their families. They don't want to have to seal or fuss with their countertops.
1: It is a little bit of a pain. I mean, it's strange. I don't know. To me, we've got granite countertops. We built our house back in the early, well, mid-2000s, actually 2008, just sure. as the economy was collapsing. We were finishing building our, our great feeling (laughs) Um, thanks but I seal our countertops once a year the Mm -hmm. granite countertops and it's almost like a Christmas preparation thing for so now somehow I've I've conditioned myself to think of countertop maintenance as being a yuletide festivity
0: you're the perfect client (laughs) 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 no one else does that
1: Put a little Chris Santa hat on and do a little wax on, wax yeah. off motion with, with that. Yep. But quartz, I mean, quartz is really cool. Is quartz durable as a, uh, as a surface?
0: It's really durable. It's The biggest thing is it's not porous. Mm-hmm. So you can't stain it. You don't have to worry about food prep. You don't have to worry about your kids leaving food out. Um, the one drawback that came with quartz was it looked so manufactured, mm-hmm. where now a lot of the quartz products have gotten where they have a look that feels really natural, like granite. Or marble, or soapstone, even. So we're trying to find and pair homeowners up with the look that they want, with also something that's maintenance-free, like the quartz.
1: Oh, see, now that's really interesting because, yeah, it, it's people want the natural, general look, and I mean, even right. some of the manufactured products now, of course, have a nod towards more of a natural look as opposed right. to a, a conform, you know, a, a continuity of, of surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's that's really that's
0: helped. Cool. That's helped with the quartz, because we know it's durable. We know we can, you can use it and you can live on it and you'll love it ten years. But are you going to like the look of it?
1: As we go through, because it is, you can always tell the vintage of a house just by looking at the countertop.
0: Right. Which is yeah. a
1: weird thing. We should talk about that. Why do, why do, why are these trends so pervasive? But right. let's take a quick break first, because we also have to freshen up our cocktails, or at least uh, we should freshen up our cocktails if we've made adequate progress. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back in just a moment. Stick with us. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design, and host of Drink in the Style, every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself but still works every day. So there it is, Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities' best furniture and design showroom. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design, and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Oh, the sharp babe has such teeth, dear. And it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe and it keeps it uh, out of sight welcome back to drinking the style sundays at 5 p.m on am 950 here in minneapolis minnesota available anytime as a streamer podcast go to am950radio.com drinkingthestyle.com anytime and you can listen also available on itunes stitcher pandora quick pick other things that I might make up as we're going along. Thank you for being with us. We are talking with Tanya Otten from Select Surfaces uh, on this ASID-inspired episode. Tanya, describe the new showroom for us. How have you got this thing laid out?
0: Yeah, it's going to be gorgeous. For anyone who has been in our old showroom, it's It's kind of like that, but on steroids. So we've put a lot of thought into how we want people to use the space and how we intend to use the space. And the big thing for us is we want to be part of the design community and, and we are, but we want to kind of take it to the next level. So we have not only showroom, but we've designed the space so that we have a really nice area to host events, whether it's CEU, continued education, learning for designers or contractors, um, or just having a happy hour and having a lot of fun with people that we work with. So we, we have the showroom lined with full slabs hung vertically on the wall so they don't take up a bunch of space. Often you'll see them on A-frames and things like that in a warehouse. They're hung vertically as long as they go. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have small vignettes that kind of um, pepper the sides of the showroom, but we've intentionally left the center of the showroom wide open. Um, the, the back of the showroom is a very large bar where we'll have just a really nice presentation area for a big screen or whatever we decide to put in there. Well, but it's just a really, really cool. inviting space, but also like set a space that um, – those in the industry will have to come and learn and hopefully will will kind of be a recognized place that hosts events for designers, contractors, builders and and just be a great a great resource.
1: That's fantastic. And again, you do sell to the general public, do you not?
0: We do. But primarily
1: um, you work with the design community and builders. Right. Construction folks.
0: Our our company was built around trade, so we've always catered to the trade, um, and we, we really make it very transparent. When homeowners approach our showroom, we're always asking, who's your designer, who's your builder, who's your contractor? We want to connect, and we want to, we, w- whether they are working with that person to purchase or just working with a designer to help specify, we want to make sure that the communication is awesome between us and the homeowner and the purchaser.
1: Mm-hmm. And is it the case normally that, all right, so if that's someone who comes in off the street, you mm-hmm. work with that, or I'm sure uh, you have a lot of designers who come in with their clients, correct? Correct. And in most cases, how did, I mean? How does that work? Do the designers generally have a sense of what they already want to do, or are they coming to you to get advice, input, and how do you determine?
0: Yeah, we see a lot of both. Sometimes designers uh, have projects kind of piece together and they know what sort of material, what sort of color scheme they want to help drive the client to. And we're just there to assist. Other times, the designer, whether they bring the client in or just send the client to us, will want us really to be the driving force of that selection. Mm-hmm. So we, we're very flexible with our, our clients and how we work with them. It's really up to the professional to lead us and let us know how they want us to work with their client. And sometimes it's not just color. Sometimes it's budget. We have to stay within these parameters Open up every drawer that falls into that bucket and mm-hmm. go from there.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. And and in terms of helping them identify, I mean, budget is key, color is key, but I mean, what Definitely. other aspects? What other factors come into play when you're helping a, a client select a surface?
0: Probably the biggest thing is lifestyle. We want to find out from that homeowner how they how they live, mm-hmm. and I think this is why quartz has become so popular. Is usually homeowners don't want a lot of maintenance or they, you know, they have busy lives or if they have a lot of kids, maybe they want something with a little bit of texture so they don't see every crumb and other people want something that has no texture so they can see every crumb so they can constantly um, be wiping things down. So it's, it's really getting to know that homeowner and their personality and their lifestyle and helping them find something that will make them happy for a long, long time.
1: Excellent. So, a little bit of texture in surfaces and countertops. I mean, what are you? Ta- I mean, generally, I think about any countertop is going to be a smooth, clean surface. What What has texture that you're
0: working texture with? Texture could be a couple different things. It could be the amount of flex or particulates in a slab. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be very granular, or um, we could add a matte finish, a leather texture. There's things that you can do both aesthetically and kind of to the touch.
1: Interesting. And what about concrete? Concrete, of course, was a huge deal for a while. It's kind of high maintenance. Have people stopped, realized the the shortcomings?
0: You know, very similar to many other materials that we worked with, we also worked with concrete. And it is so cool and so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people just are not up to the maintenance. Mm-hmm. So if I could get them, like you, to put it on their calendar every year and just do the maintenance. <laughs> put on a
1: Jingle Bell hat yeah. and away you go.
0: But concrete would be much more than that. It would be yeah. very regular maintenance. It's great for outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, but just not something people are doing as often in their kitchens and in their homes.
1: Actually, in my outdoor kitchen, I, I used a concrete slab uh, cool. around the grill, but then one year I did forget to seal it, and now it's all chipped up, flaked, and now I have tremendous texture because oh, yeah. it's all basically just just a complete and total mess. Yeah. Um, so maintenance is absolutely key. It is key. What other What other really cool things that people don't know about are available as surfaces?
0: One thing that we do, and this has kind of been an answer to a lot of our designers and builders, is we, years ago, started offering sinks and faucets.
1: Oh, all right. So
0: a client can come in and kind of select the whole package. As you know, the sink gets attached to the countertop. Mm -hmm. And it's not just an aesthetic thing, although that is very important. It's also lead time. So if a builder needs a countertop in two and a half weeks, and then the sink that is ordered takes two and a half weeks to get to us, that poses a problem. Especially so, but, if it's an
2: undermounting, yeah. is then it has first. Well,
0: either way, we have to make the cutout, so we have right. to have the sink to verify it. Mm-hmm. The sinks are very unusual. They don't all come perfect, so we verify that cutout so they have a real perfect cutout. And then it becomes a, a problem that makes us look bad, makes the designer look bad, makes everybody look bad to that builder if we're not on time. And that's our that's a high priority for us is to be on time.
1: So you've solved the problem by offering sinks yourself.
0: We control the sink and that helps us control the lead time. Oh,
1: that's fantastic. Yeah. Easy way to to move things. What about backsplashes? We we're talking a little bit about some interesting things going on there. Tile is not required at this point. What what's what's the word?
0: Tile is amazing and I I might be slightly obsessed with tile. (laughs) I often pop in tile showrooms when I (laughs) have time between appointments just to (laughs) gaze because I love tile so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, However, uh, a huge trend has been full slabs. And with the, the innovative colors and designs that are coming out from the quartz products with very natural looks or very modern looks or very sleek looks, we're using full slabs as backsplash. It's a great idea.
1: So it's, then, it's just and matching generally the countertop surface, or not it doesn't always. matter.
0: Yeah, sometimes not always. Sometimes we're doing something really um, very simple on the countertop and a wild marble looking pattern as the full height backsplash. Sometimes reverse.
1: And there's probably a great, I mean, at least cost offset because you don't have the labor associated with the tile if you're doing a slab. Or is it still going to be
0: depends on on the price point of the tile. Mm-hmm. Um, Long term, though, there's no maintenance, and I think that's what people love. People love the drama of that f- big veining and you know one huge piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really fun to to see come through in designs. Um, but really, the the no maintenance for homeowners, especially that love to cook in their kitchens, mm-hmm. which might sound silly, but not all do. Some <laughs> just love to have pretty kitchens. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and These days, a lot yeah. of people. I mean, a lot of people don't have time to cook. Right, that's all there is to it. We've been doing. anybody ever do the Home Fresh or any of those delivery, the Blue Apron or oh, yeah. what have you? Yeah. They're actually great. Easy breezy, not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what they should do? Slightly off subject, but here we go. I'm throwing this. If anyone from Lunds happens to watch or listen to the show, I'm gonna, I'm gonna solve. I'm gonna give you a huge advantage right now. Do the Home Fresh thing. In Lunds, in the grocery store, so you come in and you literally just grab a bag that's already all portioned and ready to go with everything in one in one quick stop.
0: Okay, I thought they had that. I don't do they. I think I don't
1: well, they defeats
2: can. the purpose of home delivery. If I got to go to the store, I might as well pick the shit out myself.
0: Well,
1: no. I mean, if you're driving back at, uh, uh, and you just want to run in and 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 grab the single bag, you don't have to go from one mm-hmm. section to another to another. If they have it, anybody, any listeners out there who know of of this, I was in Lunds not too long ago. So I don't think they have it yet.
0: I know. I know another place that for sure has it. Really? Who? Super Target. Super Target does. Mm-hmm. In their deli section. It's really. All put together. Meat, veggies. And you spices. cook it,
1: so it's not. It's not prepared. It's no, all. You cook it. There it is. Yeah. See, you guys owe me revenue. <laughs> 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 We're coming up with the plan. Um, what about uh, what about uh, import on on surfaces? Um, I know a lot of a lot of uh, material comes from China, mm-hmm. uh, different places. Any tariff issues that have recently come into play with your industry?
0: Most definitely. It's been a huge topic of conversation, um, the tariffs kind of closing down China. Mm-hmm. Um, there's – you know, I, I read so much just trying to understand what the heck is actually going on. Um, from what I can tell is it seemed like the Chinese maybe had an unfair advantage – in the way that their government built all of these um, production facilities for them, mm-hmm. I don't know how everything translates, but that's that's the best of my knowledge is they're trying to level the playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, the, other, the more important thing that I've noticed from my side is the quality of material. There are materials that are saying they're quartz materials, and we even installed plenty of them. Being sold that they were quartz materials, and then we get call back saying my material scratched, my material stained, and we're like, uh, it shouldn't have. It's quartz. Really. So then that makes us look bad. So we're we're until things are sorted out and really clear, we're pretty hesitant of anything that comes out of China.
1: So where are you? Are you? <coughs> excuse me. Where are you getting the uh, the materials now? Then.
0: So we work with some pretty well known brands. Um, here locally, everybody knows Cambria. Mm-hmm. Um, we know the quality their material comes from, um, globally, Caesar stone, Silestone, mm-hmm. Vico stone. The big thing, uh, this is kind of a, a nerdy thing, but the technology that is used to manufacture the slabs is Italian technology. It's Breton is the name of the equipment. So if a manufacturer is making their slabs on Breton technology, mm-hmm. we know it's going to be great. Interesting. So now there's other manufacturers of that technology to make the slabs, and that's where all the questions are coming from.
1: And this is, and it's Italian, as an Italian, I got to yeah. say, I'm proud of of my people. Yeah. Italians have always been incredibly good at working with stone, cement, concrete. Absolutely. I mean, masters
0: Absolutely. of that. Oh, all right.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but the the stone itself doesn't necessarily come from Italy, or do they have a sometimes it does.
0: yeah Yeah. It's not quarried. It's, it is natural quartz, but it goes through a manufacturing process. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's manufactured all over the world.
1: All right. That is, uh, that is, is some, some really cool stuff. So everything else aside, before we take a quick break, right now, I look at you and I say, quick, your favorite surface.
0: Oh, gosh. That's not fair. I have I too know. many brands. No. Ooh, uh, white. <laughs>
2: Nice evasion. Uh, it's like it's like saying which which one's your favorite brother.
1: <laughs> um, Everybody but Jim. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to say Renato by far. Really, yeah.
1: nailed it. All right, folks, we're going to take another break. We'll be back in a minute with the habitation audio log, and uh, wrap this whole thing up. Stick with us. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design, and host of Drink in the Style every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, on the radio program, I often say that life is the big stuff, but living is in the details. The furniture in your home may be details, but that's where you do the living. So why not speak to one of Habitation's design professionals about making your space the best it can be? Habitation, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at noirfurniturela.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. This is Gregory Rich, founder of Habitation Furnishing and Design, and host of Drink in the Style, every Sunday at 5 p.m. You know, I'm often asked what kind of furniture Habitation offers. Now, I can go two ways with this. I can say something like, Habitation specializes in warm, modern, raw, industrial, and organic contemporary home furnishings. But what does that mean? It means that we have some really cool stuff, and that is the answer that usually goes over better. But cool doesn't mean crazy. And I'm proud to say that everything we offer at Habitation is functional and comfortable. The type of furniture that will allow you to express yourself, but still works every day. So there it is, Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. It's the Twin Cities best furniture and design showroom. a bell up in my brain that's ringing, making a crazy thing down. and if this band don't desert me, then there's nothing in the world that hurt me, long as I'm singing my song. Give me trumpets. Oh, so welcome I'll back to Drink Put in the Style. Style. We've been speaking with Tanya Otten from Select Surfaces. Tanya, what is the best way for people to uh, learn more about you guys?
0: Probably the easiest way is to check out our website. It's www.selectsurfaces.com. Okay. We have our locations, hours, anything else you'd want to know
1: fantastic and the new location in Plymouth by the way why Plymouth what, what was the uh, decision there
0: yeah we've had our eye on Plymouth or somewhere on the west side of town not necessarily Plymouth for a long time simply because our first and founding showroom has always been in Roseville mm-hmm. and so many of our clients and so much of our business is on the west side of town so we really just wanted to kind of accommodate our clients so they're not always having to run to the east side of town got
1: across to the river and they you don't know like that's, doing it no anymore. no some people their passports Castle. are expired yeah. and I mean there's just no way to do that so Plymouth will be the location any plans for a grand opening at some point
0: that'll be coming probably in a couple months you gotta get everything kind of tuned up and ready to go before we before we throw a big party and get it all dirty again
1: a wise choice as we were saying a soft opening for the wise because you never know what can go wrong you know someone might have poured concrete into your drainage (laughs) system and that could back up on your grand opening weekend (laughs) <laughs> Dan, how about you? What's going on uh, in Mercy and, and company?
2: Well, it's been kind of an interesting couple weeks, and uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to touch on this, but I think I kind of have to. Okay. Uh, so, uh, this this being uh, taped a few a few days before times, So it's Sunday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekend prior, uh, if you guys heard of the news, uh, there was a shooting on the Crave rooftop. Mm-hmm. Two people got shot, and... Uh, However that all played out, um, it's just kind of uh, volumizing the safety concerns we have downtown. Mm-hmm. So myself and a couple of uh, some ownership, and we're going around to local businesses, and we're trying to get everybody together, and we want to throw uh, something like an awareness fundraiser. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the local business together. We want to try to get some city officials in. We're going to get the newspapers. Uh, we want money to go towards mental mental health and possibly some some of the homeless shelters in the neighborhood, mm. and we want the city to kind of put in just as much effort as we are to try and to help out the uh, the situation that we have in where there's a lot of displaced people, and you know we mm. have to figure out a way to accommodate everyone, yeah. not not just the uh, people that can afford to park downtown. Good for you. So that's something that's going to come in the works on the next show. I'll have some more details um, as we gave ourselves a, a deadline to where we want to announce to the public. Good for you. And we'll, we'll use Star Tribune uh, as our launching pad because um, we we'll have some contacts in WCCO and some of the other media media outlets. But uh, if we're not proactive, we can't expect the city to do much either. So sometimes, sometimes it is by the people, you know.
1: Absolutely. And in this day and age, sometimes, you know, you've got to step up. I mean, the government, uh, for whatever reason, has retrenched and and is not as involved in some of these things as perhaps they once were. Small business or or private business, I should say, has to pick up the slack. Right. Good for you guys for doing that. That's fantastic.
2: Because most of the businesses, you know, aside from a couple that have grown exponentially, everybody, you know. It's not a corporate, corporate scenario where there's people that own these businesses and properties where their livelihood, you know, depends on uh, the safety of their guests getting in and out of their building. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's becoming in question. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: hopefully we'll have some more so, uh, solutions for it coming up.
1: Uh, well, keep us informed and, and kudos to you guys for doing that. And hopefully the local media does support you and make that a little more Useful. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, as it happens, the uh, the, uh, the the audio log is going to be in a couple of minutes about the Star Tribune and the power that that newspaper has. So let's put it through and uh, talk about that. But before we do, I want to go back to ASID and the design impacts lives uh, lives concept. Tanya. You're familiar with that being the the national push within the ASID's uh, 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 mission statement. How yes, do you view it, uh, or how do you view it uh, through your prism of select surfaces?
0: Yeah, I think it's just being conscious of that homeowner or that business owner, whether you're doing commercial or residential design, and how they're going to live with the materials that are there. Whether you're being cautious of things that maybe would off-gas and just being um, being really smart with your material choice Mm -hmm. or knowing the lifestyle, knowing how the materials are going to be used and using materials that are going to last a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really does make an impact. I mean, like just in a simple way with countertops, somebody that doesn't want to seal their countertops, they shouldn't be choosing marble. And it's really up to us as a community to whether it's a simple countertop or something larger to help them choose materials and, um, even just designing spaces that live properly and can be used safely.
1: That's that's fantastic. And the longevity, again, making sure you're making the right selections for the right people. Right. It's going to reduce waste. It's going to reduce uh, a huge number of, of peripheral problems associated with redoing something that should be done right in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good for you. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we've got the Habitation audio log to do, which is our weekly, uh, semi-weekly, occasional weekly.
2: Not so weekly recently. Been a few weeks. <laughs> Been a few weeks. a few weeks.
1: I did wind up doing my PBX rant, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. We're done with that one. Yep. Um I have another <laughs> Habitation audio log, which is considerably more upbeat. So let's, uh, let's dive right into it. Brett, are you ready? I am ready in here. We All need right. some music for this still. I know, I know. I I depend on you to come up with this. You should come with the next week. Oh, a teaser! Music, yes. Next week, habitation audio log with background music.
0: Exciting! (laughs) Thank you. All right,
1: habitation audio log installment forty-one: advertising versus public relations. Somewhere around 1900, John Wanamaker famously said, "Half my advertising budget is completely wasted. I just can't figure out which half." This has become conventional wisdom and it may be more today, more true today than it ever has been. One thing that is indisputable though is this: PR, assuming that it's good PR, is never wasted. Last Sunday, the Star Tribune ran a great segment in their Homes section of the Sunday paper highlighting the stores uh, in St. Louis Park that have aggregated in and around the Excelsior Boulevard area. We at Habitation were featured, along with some friendly competitors like See a Loft and Home, Traditions, Woody's, and Nava Brothers. The focus of the story was not just that there are many home furnishing stores within a few square miles of each other, but that these stores were all locally owned and operated. It was a call out to support local business, and for that, we at Habitation are grateful. Factually, this story actually moved the needle in terms of customer flow. We saw an uptick instantly, and that has an impact when you're a little guy like us. I could have spent $10,000 on a full-page Star Tribune ad and wouldn't have gotten nearly the turnout I saw from this article. So, all I want to do is this. Thank you, Star Tribune. And for those shoppers who learned about habitation through the article, thank you for visiting the showroom. Your presence is greatly appreciated.
2: So let me just comment on the fact that when I text you about, Hey, you know, nice article, Greg, yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't even know about it yet. (laughs) <laughs> don't, don't, don't they give you a heads up Like hey you're giving me the paper This is why we're taking this picture like, was,
1: Well I knew that it was coming out I knew it was coming out Sunday But you texted me on Saturday So yeah. you must have Did you see it in the print version Or did you see it online
2: It was all online Digital
1: Okay. Yeah. So how did you come up with it digitally? You must have dug in deep because it wasn't on the front page. He was-
2: As a matter of fact, Mike Rakin uh, sent it over to me. Really? Yep. Oh, So he got it He got it early too, apparently. So, all right. Maybe no. he pays that dollar subscription a month for uh, SawTrib. So
1: <laughs> I do, but I didn't even notice it. I knew it was coming out Sunday, but I didn't realize they were going to release it on Saturday. Yeah. And then you texted me Saturday and I believe I was drunk and, uh, (laughs) didn't notice the text come in for a couple of hours. And then I got it and, and immediately went and took a look at it. And there I was front page looking very leggy as I sat cross-legged on the, uh, on the, uh, fabulous leather sofa from Gus. So I appreciated the heads up. Yeah. (laughs) But I I don't text back Even with
2: like the local and, you know, again, like I'm on the show, uh, I don't really have much of a design eye, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I could walk around your shop for hours and just like sit on stuff and feel stuff and you know, look at stuff, open stuff. Like it's a very, very fun showroom. Even if somebody had no intent of buying something, it'd be easy to walk out there accidentally. You know, like the Target curse. I can't walk out of Target for less than hundred dollars. Well, Greg's <laughs> showroom's no so different.
1: It is. It is a cool showroom. I'm yeah. very, very proud of it. Tony, you have to stop by and take a look. And we do. We've got. I mean, it's full of texture and, and, and colors, and it's just beautifully put together, if I say so. And there's no reason you can't just come in and just absorb it and get a sense of of you know trends and styles. And, uh, and kudos again to the Star Tribune for, uh, for helping drive some people in because that it really helps. And apologies for not texting back sooner. In my defense, I would like to point out that I am a horrible texter and I generally consider text to be very much like email. I may respond a week later. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's just the way I am. You know what I learned recently, by the way? I read this in the Washington Post because I learn everything about young people through the Washington Post. Did you know that in, in texting, punctuation is often considered rude?
0: I've never heard that.
1: Look up this article and I confirmed it with my daughters who are teen is a teen and a tween.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A period is like an insult. Oh. Three dots is ominous and threatening. You are apparently never supposed to use punctuation unless it's for a particular reason. Brett, you ever heard of this? No, not. I thought it kind of got in the reverse way actually, because I remember when like instant messaging was big, mm-hmm. you were never supposed to use punctuation. But I would think now with smartphones, it would autocorrect to punctuation. Seriously, I mean, a yeah, double I mean, space gives you a period, and it's yeah. it's a default. No, ask for those of you with with kids out there. Ask them; they will apparently tell you that the use of punctuation is is. Rude and threatening.
0: Now I know why my teenager says I'm a horrible communicator. <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> How, I punctuated
0: text. too properly.
2: Okay, Damn you, mother! What did you mean by that comma? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Semicolon. What do you got a problem today?
1: <laughs> Just roll up your sleeves. This is them's fighting punctuation. This is what these are. But here's an
2: emoji: because I'm sick AF. Get the hell out of here.
1: All right, well, there it is, friends. We have drunk our way through another episode on behalf of Habitation Furnishing and Design and Tanya Otten from Select Surfaces and the American Society of Interior Designers. I'd like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. And our quote comes from Friedrich Nietzsche. There will always be rocks in the road ahead of us. They will be stumbling blocks or stepping stones. It all depends on how you use them. Good night, everybody.